Hey, you're listening to Geekologist Radio, part of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. I hope you still remember my the sound of my voice. It's Damian Nash, and it's been a little bit since we've been on. We've had some issues with uh, people being sick, losing their voice, me included in that, as well as, you know, uh, Nick. Uh, say hi, buddy. <laughs> you got your voice back? <laughs> I do have my voice back, yeah. yes. Oh. Yes. I was actually really, really ill last week to the point I didn't go to work, man. Um, just came down with a chest cold, and I couldn't really talk. Plus, I'm coaching basketball, so uh, the games and the practices are taking a lot of my voice out. Yeah. Now, it's like my voice is still hoarse just from this nasty cough that won't go away. And then on top of that, uh, we had an episode recorded, ready to go, but there was some audio issues. We we had, uh, you could hear double uh, voices in the track, and I when I would try to edit them out, it would make it to where it sounded like we were in, uh, like we were in a uh, basically like uh, one of our one of our members was in a, a fishbowl kind of thing, and so it didn't. I mean, if we were going for like to sound like we were under the sea, I mean, it would have been great, but <laughs> yeah, the the edit Little Mermaid yeah, episode, you know, <laughs> wait for a little crab to start running around singing. <laughs> but yeah, so basically the audio just kind of, I tried, tried to fix it, tried to take clips on it. It didn't really work out. And so because of that, we are redoing the episode a little more crisper, a little cleaner, a uh, little more thought behind it. Cause we've actually had now more sites, more things have had time to put out more information about the show. And so our main topic tonight, after we get through, you know, kind of trailers and other games, things that we've been doing, the main topic tonight will be, of course, Altered Carbon. We said we were getting one out. We are making sure we still talk about it. We And so that will be the main nitty gritty, the main event, if you will, a little later on. Maybe they'll... The, the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Carbon is, is too good not to redo the show. Oh, yeah. And so we apologize. We had everything recorded. We talked about our talking you know, points and what we wanted to say and uh, just kind of go out. So that stinks, but we'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this time we will make sure that we, we actually have a thing that we might start doing when we have shows that take, uh, that use their kind of their own terminology for a lot of the episodes and stuff. And we'll take you to school on the on the episode or on the season itself and teach you the language that's behind it. So that's something that we will be doing when we first open up into Ultra Carbon. But first up, you know, it's been a little bit since you've heard from us. So what are some things that you've been up to, Nick? Well, I talked about last time that I watched one episode of Godless on Netflix. And since then, I've finished the six-episode miniseries on Netflix. It's a fantastic little miniseries. They produce it, or they, I'm sorry, they uh, promote it as like, a, a town that all women run, which is true. What happened was uh, the men went down into the mines, the work, there was an accident that happened, and all, basically all the men died except for the ones that were not in the mine at the time, including the sheriff and, the, and soon to become deputy and the barkeep and, you know, etc. But really, the story is about uh, a couple outlaws, and one of them is played by Jeff Daniels. 
And he's so great in this little miniseries. Uh, I couldn't get over the fact that it was Jeff Daniels. And so they really should have promoted the show a little bit more about this story of, of uh, one of his one of his soldiers that he brings up. And he has like 30 men that ride of him. Everybody's pretty scared of him. He burns down a whole town. Uh, he kills everybody. He's just kind of a torturous man. He, he wakes up with uh, just like war vision, you know, uh, uh uh, dreams and he's out of his mind doesn't know where he's at and then other times he's very like comforting the people that have smallpox and he's very polite and wants to help them he's almost like a bipolar character um very interesting though if you haven't seen godless yet just watch it for jeff daniels uh i really really enjoyed it and and each episode is like an hour long and so there is several different characters but they give them time to develop. They give them background stories. They they show them where they came from. They show them how they got to this point. So it doesn't really like suffocate the the little mini series, even though it's six episodes. It doesn't suffocate at all. It really breathes, man. And I, I, it's one of the best westerns I've seen in a while. And I haven't watched many though, so I really enjoyed it. I know I know you talked about you seeing like the first episode or something, but yeah, it's on the first episode. But then listening to it. The way you're talking, it instantly makes me think, like, okay, are you talking about Jeff Daniels, the actor, or are you talking about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Yeah, it's a little bit, honestly, it's a little bit like that, okay. where he seems like the nicest guy in the world, but he has some psychopathic, you know, tendencies about him. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> you're, sc- you're scaring me now, David. <laughs> I, I watched a couple other movies that are, you know, I, I really didn't think anything about them. To even like even write anything down about them. But one thing I am doing and I'm very bad at this is I go back and watch old shows that I love instead of watching new stuff. So I'm season two of Wire right now. And damn, that show is so good. Now, it doesn't hold up for the technology side of the Wire and cell phones and pagers and, and uh, you know, pay phones. It doesn't hold up that way. But the acting acting is fantastic. The storylines are fantastic. <sighs> Such a good show. There's not much more <laughs> I can say about The Wire, man. Yeah. This, uh, some of the stuff that I did, like I watched uh, Happy Death Day. That was something that we watched over Valentine's Day. And it was my wife, my son Noah, and I, we all sat down and watched it. And that that film is really good. It's, it's aware of itself. And it's aware that it's sometimes comedy, other times not. And it was enough that it kept thing you kept you guessing, it kept things going to where things were changing constantly and you weren't ever sure what exactly you were getting because every time you you thought that you knew who the killer was, because it oh it, it's obviously this. They did something that was enough to turn your attention to somebody else. Oh, and then that person would die and they're like, oh, so obviously it's not them. And just so you constantly your head spinning, you're like, what what's going on here? And you know, in the end, in the end, you're kind of like, oh, okay. But they do, they do a last jab at you, and so it's just kind of like it's kind of that that shock factor that you would have in the '80s, usually at the end of like a Friday the Thirteenth or a Halloween or something like that. They they would throw something last minute at you that said, oh, we're getting another one, a little uh, uh, peekaboo action over here, then over here, P- pretty much, uh, <laughs> pretty much, and then uh, something. My daughter had me watch this. It just came out. It's a Netflix original, and uh, she's really on this fa- this uh, romantic comedy kind of phase right now. And oh, we all. <laughs> and and it was uh, when we first met. Yeah, I watched that. I watched it also because I love Adam uh, Devine. Yep, 
I love him from Workaholics. I think he's hilarious. Um, so yeah, I watched it too. Yeah, and you know, uh, one of the things that's funny about this is we watched it, and like I, I got about twenty minutes into it, and I'm looking at it, and the first twenty minutes, I was kind of like, wow, uh, this isn't like Adam Adam Divine's good, but it's still I'm not feeling it. And then after that, but I called it after watching twenty minutes into it, like like I already know the ending. And then I was quiet about it. My daughter's like, well, what do you mean? Have you seen this? I'm like, no, I haven't. Because she had already watched it. And so I was like, hey, I go, I'll t- tell you what. I'll tell you in, in a little bit. Give me another five, ten minutes. And then it started getting better. Like, it started developing more of a story that I felt connected to a couple of the characters. And in the end, I was right. And my daughter, uh, my daughter, your niece, was sitting there like, she goes, how did you do that? I go, well, it's something that we kind of do. I go, I don't, we don't have a podcast called Geekologist Radio for nothing. We geek out over this stuff, so we study things. And so if you see, you start to see patterns, you're like, oh, okay, now I got it. But it was, yeah. it was a good, it was a good movie. It was entertaining. Uh, yeah, it was okay. That's one of the movies I didn't really put notes down about. I didn't think it was. It's not, it's not noteworthy. It's worth it's watching. Not, yeah. It's worth watching. Uh, I did call it too, though, and I'm not. You know, yeah. I'm not riding your train. I did call it too, but yeah. also I watched it without Lacey, uh, your sister, and then I watched it again with my wife, and she sat in exactly the same thing you did. About 20 minutes, and she looked at me, and she goes, "Oh, he ends up with her," and I was like, "I was like, yeah, you're right." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it was it was worth a watch. I've, yeah, I've, I've it's watched... not a bad it's not a bad romantic comedy. No, nah. just it's just eh, you know, I, I would not. I'm glad it, it's not something that I would have wanted to see in theaters. You know, oh, and, and with no, ne- yeah. and with Netflix now putting films into theaters and stuff, I'm glad that they went the route of saying, "Ah, oh, we're going to put this on our streaming service." And then the other thing is, if you notice, uh, a lot of their their Netflix originals that are in this kind of comedy genre uh, are sharing the same actors. Like uh, two of them for one is Andrew Bachelor and Robbie Amell. He's they're both in uh, the Babysitter. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I didn't catch on to that. Yeah, if you follow Netflix originals, they use the same pool of actors for a lot of their content. And and you're saying Netflix put movies in in the theaters. I I trust Netflix to make the correct decisions on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bright probably was one of their harder ones to decide. I think they made the correct move there. Also, I, I, I do. Yeah, but this movie, this romantic comedy, is like an hour and thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's not even ninety minutes long. It's it's pretty quick, which that I thought that kind of hurt it a little bit because you didn't really develop the story a lot. It kind of jumped you into all these different scenarios very fast and then pulled you back out of them again, you know? Yeah, but it was it was enough. There, there was enough com- Adam the Divine comedy that yeah. you were like, okay, you know, I, I'll sit and watch this. And then after that, it's like, okay, uh, what other one can I go? Let's watch some Pitch Perfect <laughs> or something, you know? It's... <laughs> Yeah, if you're with your daughter, I'd rather watch Pitch Perfect. <laughs> and that's saying a lot for me. <laughs> Something else that I caught, which was, oh my God, like twisted in the British sort of sense and just really good, was The Ritual. And okay. that's and it is, it takes elements of like the Blair Witch and mixes it with uh, probably the closest thing I would say is if you saw the... British film The Witch, and uh, which was really just uh, not psychedelic is the word, but just very 
uh, psychological. It was like a psychological thriller as well uh, as horror. The ritual is just that. It's very psychological, but it's a, like you're not sure what you're getting yourself into when you see it. And I'm just I will throw this much out there for you guys. If you're holding off on watching it because maybe you would have rather have seen a creature feature, hey everybody, watch it. It's a creature feature. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad it was a psychological thriller, though, because if it was a psychedelical thriller, I feel like the witch would just be on acid the whole time or something. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the ritual was something that I just, it's, it does itself, I mean, it, it just does really well. I mean, it, it's, except. What's interesting is on IMDb, right now, it's only getting a 6.3 out of 10. And I totally disagree with that. It's something, and, and this is one of the problems that we, we sometimes deal with, is something that's going from a, so when we, uh, basically if something's uh, like a British-based television show or or film, it doesn't always do the best with the, the uh, an American audience. And so it's kind of that niche, that, that niche market. And that might be what one of the things that went on with this. Yeah, I I actually really enjoy uh, British, but it's mostly comedies. Oh uh, yeah, enjoy. yeah, the, so, the comedies are good. Like I mean, they do black comedy so well. Yeah, another show though. It's not British. It was German though. Dark. Dark. Uh, yes, that's on Netflix. That's another one that translates really well, and it's kind of a psychological thriller. Also, but that's kind of a that's a series, not a show. And then the the other thing that I, that I got to see the film wise, which didn't do well in theaters, people said that. I mean, even us, we talked about it without actually seeing it. Was like, oh, I've heard that it's kind of mean, mean hearted and stuff. Uh, was Daddy's Home too? Now, we my wife bought it and then we watched it, and I I was laughing like I'm like this is funny, and it, now. Now, this is something for me that it might be the fact that, you know, I kind of live this. So, that Daddy's Home, my kids, they all swear that I'm that I'm Will Ferrell. Well, yeah, you're not Mel Gibson, buddy. I'm not Mel Gibson. Well, that's the grandpa. I hope <laughs> I'm not Mel Gibson. And I'm not. Oh, I'm, not I'm Mark sorry. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. So, <laughs> apparently, I'm, apparently, I'm the Will Ferrell out, out of the bunch. And, uh, but, you know, it's. Uh, because our family lives the kind of that storyline, it we, it struck home with us, and and we, we watched it. We were laughing our butts off at it, and you know some people, some of the critics and stuff like that. I can see the areas where they thought, oh yeah, that may have been a little a, a little too mean with some of the things that were said or done. But when you take the comedy away from it and you look at the base of it, it's actually really cleverly done because it is what a lot of mixed uh, families blend or not mixed blended families blended families ex- yeah yeah blended families experience. So I mean, I, I actually really enjoy it and we own it, so I get to watch it anytime I want. I recommend I recommend if you like the first one, you definitely need to say screw the critics, give it a watch. You won't be disappointed. I had a one honorable mention, and I really didn't take a lot of notes on it because I actually didn't enjoy it as much as other people did, and that's everything sucks on Netflix. Now, I watched it because it's based in boring Oregon, and I'm located in Oregon, uh, and you're from Oregon. I'm uh, from boring. Right now on IMDD. <laughs> boring Oregon. Yeah, that's true. Right now on IMDD. IMBD, good Lord. IMDB. It's, it's Doug Benson, the comic. It's his fault. Uh, he screws it up on his podcast all the time. Now I'm screwed it up. Uh, it's getting a 7.7, which is 
I, higher than I would put it, so maybe I'm just being hard on it. I, it felt like a total 90s sitcom. Uh, the storyline was was good throughout the story arc. I, I enjoyed the kids. Uh, it, it's worth watching. I think I'm just I, – I was telling uh, Jeff Barry. I, I felt like I was being a little bit too harsh on it. Now, have you played any games recently? <sighs> I wish I could put down PUBG and play something else, but – I'm I'm being honest with you and the rest of the listeners. I've put so many hours into this game now uh, <laughs> because I'm very determined to be good at it. Uh, I have four squad wins now. I have one solo win. I have probably 25 top 10 wins in solo. I'm constantly getting into the top 10 down in solo. It just comes down to, you know, that last circle. Are you in the right mm-hmm. location? Is your back turned? Is somebody coming through the blue? So I wish I could say I play anything else, but right now Fortnite with my kids and PUBG in the morning on my own. I, I mean, I own Wolfenstein too, dude, and I haven't even put it in yet. I haven't put it I in yet either. Put... I'm glad that you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I have it. It's, it's such. I know it's a good game. I just I I'm addicted to multiplayer, and I I know it. Anytime a new Call of Duty comes out, especially the last one, I'm hooked onto the multiplayer. PUBG is knocked off World War Two for me. I haven't even played World War Two, yeah. and I love oh, that yeah. multiplayer. I I don't I don't have the DLCs. I have nothing. I I just want to jump out of a plane, collect supplies, and try to live as long as I can, and then do it over again. I, know. I don't know why the game has its hooks in me, man. And the problem is, is you know, just as soon as you think you're going to come up for air, they're going to release the new map that's on PC. There's going to come. Uh, I know. I've seen the new map. Yeah, it's getting hated on. It, a lot of people don't like it as much, but. Uh, Team Viss is a streamer I follow, and uh, he, he he likes it. It, it. it looks good. If you wear the correct clothing, you can blend in real well. And that's the whole thing that they don't like because everybody wants to be flashy, and because it's so it's yeah, like, you got to so blend tan, You got you got to focus on what you wear. If you go flashy, you're going to be easier to see. See, I've got some clothing that blends in perfect with that map, and I'm waiting for it to come out because I'm going to yep. lay on the ground. You aren't going to see me. <laughs> yep, brown and beige. I have it now. Let me tell you about. Th- this morning, man, and I'm playing PUBG. This is a real quick story, but I land in the rock quarry. The circle's on me four different times. I don't have to move at all, which is fantastic for a solo play. You don't have to move at all. You can collect. You can collect. I have four kills at this point from people coming into the rock quarry, and I'm just taking them out. I get a ghillie suit. Now, this is the key, guys. If you have a pan or you know crowbar or anything on your back and you pick up the ghillie suit, you need to drop it. Because when you lay on the grass, that black pan or the crowbar, crowbar's a little bit less, but a lot of people like the black pans, it shows through the grass. Drop that black pan, and then you just pretty much hide. It's, it's a little trick that I, I picked up online. And I had a ghillie suit, four kills, and I get caught in the circle. <sighs> and I, I went seventh place. But I had every I had every tool to win. I mean, nice. I was right there again. Ah, yeah. so fr- such a frustrating game. And so I've been playing that wearing my white xbox jumpsuit <laughs> oh i see you guys wearing that you have that yeah i bought it oh, i'm jealous that, of that that was one of the th- first things you could but they came out with four different things uh, you could buy then they said we're not going to sell anything else until the game's live but in early access we'll sell a couple of these items and it was to celebrate it being on xbox so i have that jumpsuit then i have the glo- the green and black fingerless gloves for xbox and then the army cap which i didn't really like but I, I wanted the gloves and i wanted that jumpsuit so i got that now that suit you wouldn't think like i i don't wear the pants i wear like beige pants but then i'm i'll wear the jacket if i'm running 
and I've gotten into the center map, but I came in second place with this. I sat in the, it was the last circle, and there was a rock in the center, and there was a bush right next to the rock. But that bush had white flowers. So I sat in the bush with my back turned to the rock, and I got four kills just sitting in that bush. And because no one, everybody kept running into it because they saw the white, and they just thought, oh, that's part of the flowers. I was like, I'm wearing bright white and green. Green I can see that reflecting off the sun pretty well when you're running away. If you're trying to like run towards the circle, if you're out, you know, out of the play zone, I can see that working pretty well. You know, I usually try to pick up the black trench coat though. I try oh yeah, to get same here. Darker colors, you know, shade of the trees. Yep, exactly. That's yeah. usually my my go to as well. Now yep. I've also been playing Fortnite. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting into that now. Season three just started. And so uh, you can either pay right now, you can pay the, it's like 950 V-Bucks or approximately $9.50 for the Battle Pass. The Battle Pass lasts two months and one week, so 67 days. And uh, with that, you're going in and you're, you're playing and you're, you're doing your Battle Pass, you're doing all that stuff. I have seen, I've seen a few people that have actually paid, now if you pay 25 yeah, I think it's twenty bucks. No, it's twenty dollars. You get skipped all the way up to rank twenty-five in the in the battle pass, and so it gets you it gets you a few different skins, things like that. One of the skins that uh, that's get you get up to, I think, at twenty-five, you get makes you look kind of like a uh, Star Lord inspired skin, uh, which is kind of cool. In fact, it's I think it's called Rock, or I think it's called Space Lord, or something like that. But obviously, saying "Hey, we're like Star Lord." Yeah. The, yeah. the other, the main character you get for the nine fit nine nine for the regular battle passes, you get the one of the commandos in a spacesuit. Not really my my big deal. You know what I like? If you get to rank seventy, you wind up you get this really awesome like all black spacesuit that looks like it's got LEDs. It looks like Tron. But the creme de la creme, you know, it winds up being at level 100. You get a uh, uh, John Wick inspired skin. That oh, that would be cool. It looks amazing, and it's yeah, it's definitely it's John Wick. It's Keanu Reeves. It is sick. I've gone up against one person that had the skin. That obviously he paid his way up like he bought the extra things got up there did you let him kill you just so you could have that experience i did not let him kill me <laughs> but this guy moved like john wick this guy was flying around i i actually stayed in he, he killed me so quick after i just got three kills and i was really happy with myself and i had made it all the way to like the final grouping and he just jumped in with the deagle which is just new also launched with season three and that's and, the Desert Eagle, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a sniper rifle in a hand cannon. And he just jumped. Can you put a scope on that? No, because you can't put okay. you can't put attachments in That's that. right. Ah. So about that. he jumps over my structure that I built because he ran up one of the I accidentally built a uh staircase. A stairwell? He, yeah, so he runs <laughs> up the stairs, hops over, and there's another guy coming around with a shotgun. He shoots that person in the, with, in the head, and they fall over dead. I run through the stuff, pick up some stuff, or pick up a shield, try to get around the corner, rebuild a wall around me. Didn't realize I built a wall around me with him inside the wall. So I'm sitting there healing, and then I'm like, oh crap, he's right behind me. 
and because I can see him, you know, because it's third person. You see the guy standing right behind you, all black suit, John Wick style. Desert so Eagle he basically right got you, John Wick. Style. Oh, he did. He did. He totally <laughs> owned me. And the thing is, is I couldn't even be angry. I messaged the guy right after I go. Oh, if I had to die, goddamn, that was the best way to die. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for killing me that way. That was great. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I stayed and watched, and I watched him win. And so, yeah, I think he bought it. Maybe I don't see how someone could have gone through and got. Maybe unless he gets that many wins, you know, maybe he went up that high to get it. But I, I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy. So when you're saying that you could pay for uh, tears like twenty. Yeah, tears, and that doesn't that doesn't approve your gameplay. It just basically no, no. It's, it's yeah. It's just so, all it is. All this is okay. for cosmetic things. So it's still fair gameplay. Oh not, yeah, yeah. You don't okay. get anything. You know, it's, it's just cause it's just it's just cosmetic items and stuff. Okay. And so I mean, if someone wants to spend the money for it, like uh, I, I'm gonna actually try to play a lot of Fortnite to try to get up to that level so I can get that Keanu Reeves looking character. And I honestly, I don't know if I'll ever play want another character again because. That character looks badass, and when you know how to use him, it just makes it that much more of a gut punch. Yeah, I, I that's the big difference. Uh, not a big difference, but there's a difference in Fortnite. Fortnite's clothing doesn't really matter, does it? No, nothing matters. N- nothing yeah. matters because it doesn't. It doesn't give you anything. You can have a backpack or whatever. All it is is your appearance. What I mean is that if you wear dark clothing, it doesn't really help you in the game. As as like PUBG or something like that. No, kind of, you know, because of the way the stylization works and stuff in Fortnite. Yeah, the now, animation, the now, coloring. But I will admit, I have one that was from, I think it was called the Raptor or something. And my coloration that I have happens to tend to kind of give you camouflage in a lot of the areas because it's this bright colored stuff that blends in with a lot of the different surrounding areas when you run up to them. And so... That okay, one, so you can so you can kind of plan out a little bit, a little bit. You can plan out what if you see if it gonna, works for yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, you've played more Fortnite than I have. I'm not. Uh, well, I was very a skilled at, <laughs> I'm not very skilled at building quite yet. Now, uh, basically, but other than that, what I've been playing is Sea of Thieves because they've had two stress tests, and. The stress tests have been awesome. They gave us a little more info on the stuff that's going on in the game. Uh, messages in a bottle, which, you know, if you listen to our teaser for what's going to be coming up here in a little while after launch, is the stories uh, of the sea of the uh, stories of the sea of uh, stories. Thieves tales of the sea. Ah, if I, <laughs> if I can actually, yeah, fast. yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, well, we talk about telling stories from the message of the bottle and stuff. Well, those are now in-game. You can find them. It gives you different quests and stuff like that. We got a chance to look at how the character creation works, which is actually it's a random generator that generates characters designed in the same way that Rare creates characters uh, that they would have as main characters uh, and NPCs you would interact with. So basically, yeah, you might, if you want to find the exact look that you want for your pirate, you could be sitting for a couple hours just spinning through because you got once you pick your pirate, that's your pirate. Uh, there is some things that have been recommended and actually are being talked about that was brought up by the Crow's Nest, which is a uh, Sea of Thieves centered podcast. 
And they came up with an idea that if you find a pirate that you like, but you still want to see what's next, is being able to highlight and hold on to that pirate and have your top five so you can go through and you can have hold up to five pirates so you can finally pick which one you want. Because it's a big deal to, you know, you're picking your character that's going to be your avatar throughout the entire game. You want to feel like you've got a good one. So you can't change it right now. At this point, you can't. What you pick is what you keep. What you what you pick is what you keep. Now the other thing is that's that, a little that's a little rough though, man. It it is it is because but I mean because the whole thing is is that you're so you just got to think about things a little bit. Now the other thing is you got to think about though is that the company itself listens to their their players, and if players want to be able to change the way they look. You know, they'll probably change it to where, like, yeah, you can do it once once or twice, something like that. Yeah, it seems to me that most games allow you to change your skins or your avatar, your hairstyle. Uh, I know, like, a game like Skyrim, you're kind of locked in for the life of, you know, the life of the game. But well, at this point, you know, we can, well, you can change your, your outfits, of course, but you know what I mean? The the facial, you know. You can do all that. You can, If you buy it, you buy packs, you can change it. Oh, can you? Okay. Yeah. Because I, it's I been can, a while. I it's been a while, but that seems kind of. Uh, I like the idea of being able to, to select five, and then you know look at them and go, okay, I want that one. That that one I can yeah. live with, you know. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if by time the game comes out, if that's something that you get to do. Uh, the gameplay itself, they've started to put in some of the animals and some of the other th- wildlife that's in it that just kind of bring it to life, and it's been really to to say the game's vibrant is an understatement to say that, you know, there, there is a lot of concern from other players. People in uprising are concerned, you know, uh, about the PVE side of things being hindered because of all the PVE, but, or all the PVP, excuse me. Now, one thing is, it's like, it's, it's very, you never know what's going to happen. Cause I've had moments where I've gone single, you know, played by myself and I've just been able to sail around for an hour to two hours. And like, I'll see ships off in the distance, but I know, to kind of, I'm able to deter myself away. Now, I also with that, I've I've also had over a year of time to play, so it's I'm a little, I I I'm a little long in the tooth, I guess, with it because I've played any any every chance I could get. And is the P versus P uh, PVP is the battle kind of is it resemble like uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag? Hmm. Not really. No, because basically it's in Black own. Flag, you basically are a third person. You're just controlling a ship, and no, 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 you're just firing. Yeah, every, every, everything's first, first person. So like, with me, if I'm in a sloop, I will turn around. Like I'll get out there. I will get my. Oftentimes, I will get my sloop set in a circular motion. If I can get the person in the center, and then I'll just keep. It'll just keep naturally by itself going in a circle. And then I'll get on the cannons and just keep firing. And then I can actually switch off left, right, left, right, you know, where, wherever angle I'm at. And that's how I wind up uh, taking out people while I'm in the sloop. Okay. Or, or I do, I, one of the crazy bastards that will stockpile black powder on my ship, even when it's a little tiny one. Because I'll grab that, I'll hop off, swim underneath your ship, and release it. And it floats to the top, just like a depth charge, and explodes, and then you're going to go bye-bye. You get about six, seven holes. So and that's, if good I have, little, that's a good little move. Yeah. And if I have time to go get another one, it's a bad day. Now, <laughs> uh, aside from 
the PvP parts of it stuff though, I've had more times now where I've gone in and played and got into a PvP situation where, you know, I'm goofing off and being like basically playing it the way I'm gonna play it when the game launches, which I play it basically in character. And I'll I'll offer parlay, you know, and see, you know, if if the person you know, I'll be like, okay, here's the deal. I got you dead to rights. I'm not gonna come board your ship, but I'm going to trust you. I can see that you have at least two treasure chests. Bring all your treasure chests up. Let's see what you got. I'll take the middle ground one. And I'll let you keep the rest of them without sinking you. Now your ship's filling up with water. So you better give me an opportunity to pick what I want. You know, and this is all in character. Uh, uh, so sound like a pirate. So like that usually the person is laughing or, you know, at that point, because I think they think, I th- I th- honestly, I think they think I'm a dev because I'm doing it in character. I think, I don't think they, they realize, I, like, I think they're trying to figure out what's going on and why I'm offering something like that. When I could just sink them and take everything. Uh, and I've actually, because of that, I've added six people recently to my friends list that are hilarious. And they start, they get really, really, like, they start laughing even more when they find out that I'm just, I'm just a player that's playing the game in character and it gets them to start doing it. That's cool. Yeah. Community, you know, community based games. Yep. Now, aside from, aside from all that stuff, like the Sea of Thieves is coming out here pretty dang soon. Like we're looking at March 20th. We're less than a month away from launch. There is a stress test going on right now. Um, And it's, I'll put my daughter on it. She was playing it and she's hooked on it now. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's like I got everybody in my household besides my wife hooked on the game. I definitely, if you're interested Good luck with in that one, yeah. Well, the thing is, she used to sail, so that's what I'm trying. I'm 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 harping on is like, hey, it's you're like, banking on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm banking on. I am harping is not the word. Banking, yes, banking is what I'm banking on. Uh, now, I just recommend if you're still hesitant on if you want to pick it up or not, you know, come March 20th or even like just a day before, pick up the Xbox game pass you can get you can get a free 14 day trial or you can actually get it for like you know you paid 10 bucks for a month of it and you can have a full 30 days with sea of thieves because it's going to be it'll launch game launch day on game pass and so for 10 bucks you can have a 30 day basically a 30 day rental decide if it's something you're going to want to keep and if it's something you're going to want to keep you can purchase it at a discount so that's just an idea. If you're curious, but you don't want to go all in yet, that gives you an option. Now, we were going to talk about some some trailers that came out. And we're just going to go through these kind of kind of quick to give you an idea of some stuff that we saw that we really are excited about. Uh, I, I think we want to start just because of the factor of everybody's going to be talking about it if they've seen it. Uh, Deadpool. Deadpool 2. Yeah. What an amazing, another amazing uh, uh, trailer by, you know, that crew. <laughs> They're the best marketers for movies right now. Uh, how they sell the movie. And it has to, you know, they have to back it up with a good movie, which they did in Deadpool 1. So uh, the marketing campaign behind each one of these movies is just, 
It's bar none. Nobody beats them. No, no. And the thing is, is that we know that Fox is now owned by Disney. It's not that, you know, eventually it is still about, I think, what, six months or so out before they fully take over everything. Yeah, it's not done yet completely. But it it, it is Disney. The money's going to be coming from Disney. <laughs> but that doesn't phase Ryan Reynolds. I mean, maybe, or is it does it not phase Deadpool? At this point, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. I think. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's a difference between the two characters or the character well, and the actor. Uh yeah. I mean, th- could you th- imagine a different actor playing Deadpool not at this point? At, not at all. There's nobody I think that could even take that role on at this point. That's what we say now about Punisher. Uh, the yep. uh, John Bernthal. And then, Bernthal, yeah. and then we say the same thing about Wonder Woman now too. Yeah. It, you just can't find you know a better character to play this. You know, the better actor to play this character, I mean. Yeah. Now. And this is our first look at Josh Berlin, too, as Oh, Cable. my God. And that's another one now. It's, it's like, just like perfect. It's, it seems like perfect casting to me. It really does because it's unbelievable, man. And the thing is, is that this is where, you know, you go into it and you take into the into account the perfect casting here. The, and then you go into where people have issues with the alternate casting of how they went with domino and or is it what do not, you mean? Dom, not not domino not domino um uh well domino is in this yeah 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 domino movie. well yeah. because instead of being because domino is like albino with a black oh okay yeah yeah they and went pe- a different direction on there i i don't i just suspend reality because if, if exactly you grew up reading comic Thank books you. you have to do that Everybody how many how up- many different universes are there you know oh my god so it, Casting is casting. You pick exactly. the best person. It doesn't matter what they look like. Now I know there is some things that you know have come out that like about whitewashing, you know, and some of that I don't agree with. But but this is this is perfect. She looks great as Domino. Yeah, she does. And the thing is, is that you see, you've seen all the right choices. So are you really gonna fault them for you know if they make if they make this choice? Let obviously they know what they're doing. Let them go with it. Once you see it, if you can, if you want to complain, then yeah. If you see it and she didn't do a good job, then you can criticize. But wait till right, the movie comes out, and you know, I mean, again, eat your sandwich and shut up. Yeah, like my favorite. <laughs> my, my, I mean, one of my favorite characters, Nagasonic, teenage uh, warhead. I mean, perfect character. She's not the same character that she was in the. This you know, people can complain about if they want. She's not doesn't have the same powers, not the same really character. They just you know. They like the name, so they used her. It's actually yeah, what they, she's amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, and she's got she's an upgrade. She's an actual X Men now, not an X Men trainee, or at least we assume yeah. that. We assume we that assume, by yeah. by the by the reference to the old school, the the old school uh, yellow and <laughs> blue. <laughs> Let's talk about this trailer for a second here. Oh yeah, and you know we have Josh Brolin as Cable jumping in and his metal arm is not, not there yet <laughs> it's green screened which is hilarious and then we get into the you know Deadpool toy story you know action figures going at it in the little town i mean it's just it's just genius stuff i mean who comes up with this stuff every time you know the bob ross painting was fantastic the the payphone scene after you know that's that little mini trailer the the, oh, yeah. the first one that came out was great Kind of the Superman reference there, and then we have the Bob Ross, and now Toy Story. I mean, and this is this is basically the marketing campaign going. Oh, Disney, you bought us. Oh, here, this is what we're going to do with your characters. Then, 
I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. It's it's fantastic. There's oh, nothing yeah. more. I, I I'm I was so happy to see that, and they went there. I mean, <laughs> and the thing is, is you know that you know that it's a different Disney's a different beast than what it used to be. Like they're taking this as you know, hey, you know what? They're taking it in stride because why wouldn't they? That's just money in the bank for them. Oh, that's just yeah, because they're they're buying this property, and <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> I love I love this marketing campaign. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I had the names behind it. I probably could have looked it up. But they're geniuses. They're oh, just yeah. absolute. Whoever came up with the Toy Story idea is absolute genius. And then have you seen on Twitter too, where they have uh, Ryan Reynolds as, as Deadpool painting Josh Borland as Cable on the little art? Did you see that picture? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see the Did you see the reverse one too? I didn't. Yeah, they had Cable uh, painting uh, Ryan Reynolds and. Uh, uh, as a, uh, as Deadpool from the X Men Origin movie, they had him painting that, <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't from I. I think that was just somebody that came up with that with their own. I don't think that was part of the marketing campaign. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. And then yeah. something else confirmed from this trailer is co-creator Rob Linfield. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he spilled the beams on Instagram and and pretty much said that X Force is confirmed in this. And you see that in the end of the trailer. The, the the plane opens up in the back and you see Domino. So you actually see Terry Crews now is com- you know confirmed, and he could be playing a couple different characters: Hammer, George Washington Bridge, you know GWB. Yeah. And we see a couple other characters that we're not really sure of. You know, there's a bunch of different names out there: Chambers, Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Yeah, Richter, maybe Shatterstar, uh, uh, maybe Phantom X in the background with the white leg. A uh, couple different theories out there. Uh, but uh, I'm really happy to see that X Force is going to be part of this movie. Yeah. Now, this is one thing though that I got a question on: is do you think that they're going to throw, you know, X Force is in this? We know there's going to be an X Force movie. Do we think that they're going to be like, hey, guys, guess what? Here's X Force, and hey, we're killing someone off. Now we know that a couple of the characters were short lived. Do we think that those characters could be killed off to make room for other X Force characters? It could be. Zeitgeist was killed off very quickly in the comics. Um, another thing, too, uh, and and on that point, I think you might be right. I do. Uh, somebody, you know, always dies. Uh, so it could be easily one of the X-Force characters. That would be the simplest solution. Um, and one of the lesser known ones, obviously, it's not Terry Crews. Well, I hope not because I love Terry Crews. But I'm oh, yeah. super excited to see him as an X-Force member. But what if at the end of this you see... And I was thinking about this. What if the end of this, at some point, and they're really good at this, tie this in maybe at the end of the trailer, or not, sorry, at, at the credits, where you see Havoc. Because we don't see Havoc in the back of this plane, but, but I would love is, to see. I would love to see Havoc, but we know, but it, it all depends. So it depends on what universe they're basing, basing this on. If this is connected at all That's true. to that That's Havoc's true. dead. But, but then again, big but, who do they have that's with him? They have someone who jumps through different universes. So they could very well, oh, I went back and got somebody for you. Cable could go back, get his uncle, save his uncle, bring his uncle into it as a different actor. And then Ryan Reynolds could be like, or or Deadpool would be like, hey, this doesn't look like Havoc. Ah, you know, they could use it into a joke. I mean, it sets it up for the break of the fourth wall. And then they have some new guy that actually looks more the part of Havoc. You know, because you, know, you have to have a guy with a big chest. Because if you if you, if you know who Havoc is, the guy's got like he's got this 
unobtainable body. Like it is straight, like like everything's ripped, but then just this like barrel chested, barrel chested, and then you know, and it's part of his mutation also because his power comes out of his chest. <laughs> yeah, he's much larger than Cyclops. You know, his brother Scott Summers. Yeah. Uh, would you now if they tie? You know, Fox is being bought by Disney. Would you tie this character's from Deadpool 2 into the X-Force movie. That has to be what they're doing, right? You yeah, don't think it, these it, are just different characters going to show up in this, and then X-Force is going to be cast no, by a completely no, 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 different no, set of no, actors? No, no, they, no, They're not going to do that, because that's the thing is, Disney owns a crap ton of different studios and stuff like that. They do horror. They do all that stuff. They do it under the under different names, and now they have Fox. Yeah. They own a, excuse me. They own Alien. They own Predator. You know, they're not going to... Which is awesome. I know they're, they're they're not going to screw up things that make money. They're just going to make sure that they make money. So they will take they, they will take risks where they need to take risks. So you're going to see risks taken with uh, with any new alien feature you see, things like that. They're going to change things up because they're not going to want to lose money. So they're gonna they're gonna go different directions with that, or go back to old directions. Like we actually maybe now that they own the stuff, who knows? Maybe we'll get to see our Neil Blomkamp sequel that he keeps posting up all the art to that we probably won't ever see. That makes you want to cry, you know. <laughs> so I mean, th- there's a lot of stuff that's going on with this. But the thing is, is Disney's not dumb. Disney makes does their best to make money. They make good decisions. Yeah, yeah, and I'm crossing my fingers for a Predator movie. Just, uh, well, the new the new Predator something... movie looks amazing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, watch so, that. Trailer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's so. made by Fox, though, correct? That is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but, the uh, next the next trailer that I I would like to touch on, and I know you liked it too, was the Ant Man and the Wasp. And I, I I'm really excited by this and the the trailer. Oh, I was excited I love, too. I love the fact that they kind of this trailer is kind of just a wasp trailer almost. It kind of highlights Wasp's p- abilities, her powers, and maybe they're showing that because everybody's now used to the Ant Man since the movie and Captain America: Civil War. So maybe they're trying to introduce the Wasp a little bit more in the trailer. But I really love that they just kind of highlighted her a lot. Evangeline Lilly is like one of my like my list of like star <laughs> crushes. Like ever yeah. since ever since back in the days of lost okay yeah so i'm with you i mean yeah. i mean she's been an elf in the hobbit in the hobbit movies yep and then now she's you know and, and she's been you know and she's wasp now and you know uh yeah they can highlight wasp all they want because it feels like they're trying to say because you know they've had here's the thing we we got we know that we're getting a phase two of avengers some of the event, a lot of the Avengers are going to die off, things like that, or, or other things are going to happen that that move separates on. move on that separates them from yep. the Avengers. And this happens in the comics all the time. We don't know there was an Avengers too. Yeah, you know, we, yeah, we which do- is a fantastic book. Yeah, so we don't know if we're going series. to have if if we're going to have you know a leading lady like Black Widow still sticking around. Now, what do you do to get somebody, you know, to get the guys in that are that, you know, miss, you know, miss Black, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, Scar- yeah, Scarlett Johansson in her tight leather outfit. We give you Wasp. Miss Marvel. 
Oh, Miss Marvel, yes. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but in this case, what I'm t- I was more talking about is that, and this is one of the comments. This is one of the things also that, as much as I'm joking with this, there is some complaints uh, over the Wasp outfit as being that she's over oversexed, and that is something. What? Is because they, because I didn't see that at all. It's they, they say they stated that Marvel has a pro has a has a boob suit problem. They have boobs though. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that is you want to tape them down. Well, that they're just saying that because, uh, and then there and and you said Captain Marvel. Well, the thing is, they are actually commenting on the fact that Captain Marvel's uh, uniform, as far as what we've seen, is does not is not as tight. And that they're saying, so they're trying. They're, that they're, just set photos, though. That's not in the movie. I, I know. Yet. I know. Jeez. But that is. If, if that they is have a stuff. problem, go back and look at Alicia Silverstone as as Batgirl. They were comparing. And, they were. That is who they were. Were they really? To. Yes. Because oh my that gosh, was the bat ridiculous. nipples. That was the bat nipples. Ah, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. So no, bat that nipples is, is the worst thing ever happened. I know. In yeah. And cinematic that, superhero yes. universes ever. Yeah, but that is what they that is exactly what the complaints were comparing is they're going Ugh. why is Wasp outfit look so much like, you know, it came from the bat the, I, <laughs> the Batman I swear, 90s people Batman just universe. want to pick apart. MCU has been so good to us. Just knock it off. I mean, we're we're growing up as 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 geeks that love these things and now they're getting made left and right. Shut it. Thank you. Thank you. That's <laughs> exactly how I feel. It. Best now, part. Now, what my favorite part of the trailer? Yeah. Okay. Favorite part of the trailer is Ant Man's looking over and he's like, "Wait, did you didn't just tell me you didn't have that tech? She you gave her wings." <laughs> he's like, "No, I had the tech." Yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, he goes, and blaster. He goes, oh, "I gave her blasters too." <laughs> and yeah, and this, I, go ahead. <laughs> I, I I love that. I love the relationship between. Uh, Hank Penn and uh, oh my God, am I, am I dropping the actor's name? Uh, well, but it's Michael Douglas is the actor. Yeah, that plays Hank Pym. Paul Rudd is Ant Man. Paul Rudd, yeah, Paul Rudd. 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 <laughs> All right, so I like the relationship between uh, Hank Pym, you know, uh, Michael Douglas and and Paul Rudd. I love that little back and forth they had in the trailer. Yeah, that, that was that was hilarious to me. And Scott Lang is uh, is Ant Man. Yeah, Scott Lang. Yeah, a couple things I want to highlight is that we saw Ghost. Who is probably the villain in this in this yep. movie? Later on in the comic books, became an antihero and joined the Thunderbolts, a kind of a different group in the X Men type of universe. Another character, Lawrence Fishburne, is playing as Doctor Bill Foster, who in the books is Goliath, who actually worked with Hank Pym and, and recreated the scene, the formula, and became a, a superhero himself as Black Goliath. So that's cool that he's going to be in it, Dr. Uh, Bill Foster. I think we're going to see the later Dr. Bill Foster, and I don't think we're going to see a hero, superhero out of him. It's kind of cool that they're sliding in these characters that you normally wouldn't be seeing. It's the type of the things that we talk about gifted a lot, you know? Yeah. Background characters that didn't get a lot of limelight, you know, slide them into these movies and play with them a little bit, give them a little story, you know? I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. I mean, this, I'm really stoked for this. I just saw. The preview again. I actually saw the preview in 3D because I went and saw I went and saw Black Panther, which we will talk about probably next week. Yeah. Now I saw that in 3D, so I'll be able to talk about it on that. But also, I saw the trailer in 3D, and 
they're getting really good because they don't film their films in native native 3D. They upscale them afterwards, but the upscale is getting to the point that it's so good that it actually felt like that Pez dispenser that was tossed is actually coming out <laughs> at the audience. I saw that. I was like, that is good. Like, that is how far tech has come. So, I mean, it was it was actually, I was glad that I, I, I was glad that I saw it in the Black Panther in 3D just for that effect. I forgot about that Pez dispenser. That's hilarious. I love that so much. Yeah. The, I mean, these. what's nice is that they give us serious movies. So Black Panther has its comedy, but it's actually very, it's, it's actually more of a serious tone. And then you get movies that are more com- that See, here's the thing also that we're getting is, is Ant-Man, even though the, the storyline of story timeline is changing up, like where Ant-Man comes out after Infinity Wars, which is going to kind of mess with us a little bit because Ant-Man takes place before Infinity Wars. Yeah. Like Ant-Man takes place, to to put things in perspective, Black Panther takes place a week after the Civil War. And so... So So the timeline is really jumbled. The timeline is jumbled. Black Panther takes place a week after Civil War. Then you have... So then it goes from that to... uh, spider-man and then it goes from spider-man homecoming I believe to uh dr strange and then it goes from that Do- dr strange takes place right around the same time as all that stuff or actually dr strange excuse me dr strange takes place way before a lot of that stuff because it's all their timeline changes that's right and then it goes thor uh thor, thor ragnarok. ragnarok thor ragnarok and thor ragnarok actually takes place right before infinity wars okay yeah so, it's gonna be hard to we need a, a family tree here basically you basically <laughs> do like in order to yeah. watch once all the movies are of phase of the phase one are out it's gonna be really intriguing to go back and watch them from start order, to finish yeah. in order That'd because be cool. you're gonna get a much more you're gonna get a lot more out of it so something else that we got a lot out of happens to be like it's going to be the main topic of the show like we talked about all our, our stuff in the beginning kind of what we've been up to all that stuff and now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty we're going to get an altered carp ladies, ladies and, and gentlemen, gentlemen it's, it's now time, time for, for the, the main, main event. event god oh my god this this series just it's what i needed like i binged this series and basically to a, a day, uh, I, I binge, I binge, I binge, it <laughs> Did you want to admit how how much you sat and watched the, the series? I, I my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to podcasts, so I'll say thirty six hours. Within thirty six <laughs> hours, I watched the entire series. <laughs> Is that gutter still leaking? Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done on the house. Oh, uh, yeah. that's every house owner, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I took me a little bit longer to watch it. Um, actually, since. We recorded two weeks ago uh, this episode about Altered Carbon, and since two weeks has passed and some of the research that I've done and articles I've read, I've actually come to enjoy and I'm happy with the episode or the series that I actually put out. I, I'm I'm more friendly to it now than I think I was right afterwards, and the, we'll, we'll get into that, but I, I, think, I think you watched it a lot quicker than me because uh, you've already watched – I haven't watched Blade Runner 2049 yet – and I know you have, mm-hmm. uh, but there's similarities to the Matrix movies. There's similarities to Blade Runner. There's similarities to Sherlock Holmes. Um, so I, all those things tied together, it, it gives you this perfect sci-fi series that it, 
is free on Netflix. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it's insane. Each. Yeah. I mean, and well, we'll get into technical stats on this a little uh, after this. But first off, in order to talk about an, uh, a, a series like this that uses a lot of terms that they they go over, but they don't like they explain within the series. But it might take a few episodes for them to get through the explain or explaining of it. I'm just going to go and actually throw out some of the, I'm going to go through and t- take you to school, if you will. So like, so this is, you know, basically going over things that you sh- will hear a lot in the series. And after you've heard this, you'll know exactly what they're talking about. So if you watched it and you weren't quite sure what it was, that was being said, this will explain that for you. And uh, if you're going to watch the series, we're not, we're going to do our best to stay away from too many spoilers. And uh, we usually go into a spoilerific cast, but we're doing our best to just explain what we liked about it and being somewhat vague on some of this stuff because this is a series that you really actually have to watch. And we don't want to ruin that for you. But And it's actually kind of hard to explain some of the yeah. things that happen without you actually seeing exactly what the technology we're talking about. It's hard to explain some of the stuff that you actually see. Uh, it's a lot of incredible things. So like Damien said, we're just going to break down how the series evolved for us and the things that we really picked out that we enjoyed, hated, and <laughs> all that good stuff. Yeah, so starting off with, with the terminologies and stuff, if we're going through this, there is a proposition uh, that was written up called Proposition 653, a proposition that would allow murder victims to be spun up so that they can testify against their killers, even if they have Neo-C coding. Now, if you're wondering what Neo-C coding is, we'll get to that here shortly. But just remember, this is all centered around the storyline. The storyline of this is very based on technology versus religion, which is something that we actually get a lot of right now, where we have people that, based on their religious faith, they don't go with, say, vaccinations and things. That's very... Uh, close at hand with everything that's going on actually in the series itself on a different scale. Now, there's also a place called Arium, which is a city in the sky where the Meths live. And yes, that is M-E-T-H-S. It's not, it's not the drug. It is not the drug. <laughs> it's quite opposite. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I kept hearing it during the series, I, too, I was yeah. I was like, really? Is that what they're saying? Uh, another thing that they that they talk about is a construct. Now, if you're a Halo fan and all that stuff, you're like, hey, I know what that is. That's an AI or that's this. A construct in uh, in Altered Carbon is a virtual environment, which is all over the place in in this this world. Very much so. The another thing, and I kept thinking SeaTac is, and I'm because I'm from Seattle, as in like the airport area, but there is SeaTac, C T A C, which stands for Colonial Tactical Assault Corp, a protectorate force who needle cast into many different sleeves on many different worlds. So that this that that was something that, like, I kept hearing SeaTac during this series. I couldn't figure out quite what it was. So hearing that and actually knowing a little more on it. That's something that helps out a lot because they don't... It does help out knowing exactly what they mean by that, yeah. Another term that you hear is DHF, Digital Human Freight, the code that makes up a person's consciousness usually stored on a stack. 
Now, a stack is a small round disc that slides into the back of your spine about the fourth to fifth vertebrae or sixth vertebrae down from your neck. Um, and that kind of stores your consciousness. And now when you mentioned earlier Needle spinning cast. up yeah. and and sleeves, sleeves are different bodies, uh, human bodies. And you can remove the consciousness out of one and put it into another. And you're basically into a different sleeve. And what he meant by when Damien says spinning up is that they spin you up. They take the consciousness. They put it into a sleeve. They they bring you back to life. They spin you up. And then that way you can testify and and uh, say who murdered you. Yeah. And, uh, or committed a crime. Yeah. Right? And then uh, – so then there's a term called dipper, which is a hacker specializing in hacking of DHF code and stealing memories. So this is someone who is able to hack in – to your co- your your consciousness, your your who you are, and then they're able to take memories from that. I, mean, I love that they're called dippers. <laughs> yeah, I know. At first, it, it, it's interesting. It, it was a yeah. That, when I first heard it, I was like, well, "What does he mean by that?" And, and they break it down very quickly in the, in that episode. But uh, I think that's episode eight. Uh, but yeah, I love that the dipper is the name for a hacker. Yeah. Now there's something that you hear a few times in this. And you hear about things called the elders, but we don't know. Aside from hearing about them in this first season, you don't really know much about it. Aside from it's an an extinct alien race, and I remember hearing it a few times. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is, and that's about the extent of it. You like, you, so if you hear the word term elders, it is referring to an alien race, and and mess that you talked about earlier is basically referencing people that live in the clouds. This is the rich and wealthy. Uh, some of them considered in the religious side to consider them as gods because they don't die. Uh, one of our main characters, Bancroft, he's lived for what? What was it? 500 plus years. Yeah. Over 500 alive, years. Yeah. At this time. So basically he, he can afford to clone himself and, uh, which is something a little bit different, but you can actually clone yourself. He's a, he can afford to back up his consciousness and a satellite. So meths are just really, really rich people and they don't do meth. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, they're basically the term is it's someone who's achieved immortality by amassing clones and backups of their own, of their mind. And the meth stands for the biblical figure, meth, uh, Methuselah, I really butchered that up, <laughs> but he was said to have lived for 969 years, and that's where the term meths comes from. So when we talked about, we talked about Arium, which is the city that lives in the clouds. This is where all the meths live. The meths live in the sky. Uh, another kind of thing that kind of leads on to them being viewed as gods and whatnot. Whereas the 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 regular people, the you know the people who do all the work and everything, are known as grounders. These are people who live on the ground, as opposed to the mess who inhabit area. And they live in some beautiful, beautiful towers. Uh, yeah, they do. It's really crazy. Kind of reminds me of actually the um, Matt Damon film, which was Elysium. So it actually kind of reminds me of Elysium, and then how they have the city where the people are able to live basically long long lives and everything. You have the people that live on the ground that don't. And that's one of the things that that actually this series, one of the many things that the series reminded me of. Another thing is uh, I was reading is Bioshock Infinite. Oh yeah, the city in the clouds, kind of reminds you a little bit of that. 
Yeah, and so you heard earlier we talked about NEOC. NEOC uh, stands for Neo-Catholicism. Ah, okay. NEOC stands for Neo-Catholicism. <laughs> NEOC stands for Neo-Catholicism, a religion that holds the belief that humans should not be brought back to life after death. So essentially, one life, one death, that's Yeah, they it. believe in having one one life and... Uh, no, no re-sleeving, no being spun up. They're dead. They're dead. And one of the problems is, is if someone is NEOC coded, the religious coding in a person's DHF that indicates they do not consent to be placed in a new body upon death. Effectively, from just standard ter- or medical terminology, this is a DNR or a do not resuscitate order. And there's actually a lot of people in this series that believe in this. Um, actually, from episode one. You know, mm-hmm. you see him right off the bat. Yeah, right. I mean, episode one, you get into that, and there's a, there, there's, you know, they're at a, uh, an area where people sleeves are held, and these are bodies and stuff like that. And what's screwed up about it is, is you find out like that the government holds on. So like, you could be a young, you you could have been a young child instead of getting your old sleeve back. They're like, oh, this is a sleeve that we could actually use. The government could use it for something else. So they hold on to that sleeve. And then they will re-sleeve you. Uh, and a child could be in like an old, you know, an old crack addict's, you know, sleeve. It's it's a really twisted kind of... Yeah, so they sell the sleeve for profit. Exactly, yeah. And, it, it's, and then uh, one of the other big things to know about this is that because of the kind of the environment and the stuff that they that they live in there's stuff called organic damage and this is one of the big ones is, is that if you're a fighter so say you're going to watch like an mma fights and things like that the fighters have to be licensed and the fight and the, and the location has to be licensed for organic damage this is any damage to a sleeve which is viewed more like property damage than real harm because basically the sleeve now is a piece of property as you mentioned before, the government can hold on to them and sell them for profits. Meths that are that are richer can buy the whatever how you want to say it the yeah. taller, stronger you know sleeves the 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 more beautiful sleeves, uh, whatever you want to say uh, or put it in. genetically it, it, altered everything like it's just it's correct yeah the yeah. which we can get into later yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just one of the last things that I want that there's two other things I wanted to touch on mainly that are goes over this was uh real death real death is the destruction of a stack usually which means that it's a energy based weapon now they don't talk about bullet based this is an it's an energy based weapon blast to the base of you know the base of the neck which goes through the stack if it's a if it's anything other than energy based it doesn't supposedly destroy the stack yeah, that's a shot right to the back of the neck, basically. And a real death destroying the stack is like, it's like a giant no-no. Well, I just kind of killed her. The stack's still alive. You know, they just kind of move non nonchalant. But a real stack death is actually getting the police involved and you know getting yourself arrested. Uh, one other thing too is the portable three D bio organic printer. Now this gets brought up a few different times later in the episodes. Plus with the meth, it's a machine for printing clones, so you can actually print cop- carbon copies of yourself, so you don't have to use a stack. You can actually have multiple 
uh, copies of yourself, and then one of them dies, you got another one, and you got another one, and and only the most richest people, and like Bancroft, we mentioned before, can actually afford this. This is the most expensive thing out there. Yeah, and and that's the it just going going with this with those kind of th- those topics, the neo coding, all that stuff, needle cast, which uh, how people transfer their DHF code remotely from a, one body to another. Uh, this is all stuff that's actually basically based on on technology that people think is going to happen. Uh, Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson actually talked about this. Yeah, he he has talked about it, and moving your consciousness from one body to another body is basically kind of like the movie Surrogates with uh, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, where oh, you yeah. actually put yourself into. Uh, basically, you you store your real body and you put yourself into an AI of yourself and you put your consciousness in there. Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson was speaking about having, and this is what he brought up, having a home in LA and you need to go to New York for some business and basically you could just put your body into a, a comatose state and your your consciousness would just travel over the ether, actually, not only in like a physical stack like Alter Carbon. And it would enter your body in New York and your home in New York and you're up and up, up and going from there. Um, so that's a little bit different take on it. But in this show, they bring up some of this technology that seems like it's really far and almost like you're just reaching, you know, a thousand years ahead of us. When all actuality, it's kind of closer than we think. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It seems like. And I'm not saying moving consciousness is going to happen in my lifetime, but medical and some of the medical stuff they show on here, uh, how they can they can take care of a bullet wound in an apartment, no problem. There's no reason to go to the hospital. Uh, <coughs> some of the medical advances that is happening, we're getting people to live longer and longer, uh, discovering you know different cures for different stuff. Some of them might be held back because it's you know there's no money in the care. But uh, as as we progress in our lifetimes and we're in our thirties, we will see people living to a hundred more and more and more, and even at a better uh, a better healthier state where you're not just you know in a wheelchair bound or can't really walk or anything like that. The medical advances are incredible, and I know you have firsthand knowledge of this. Or secondhand knowledge. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, your I wife mean, is an ER nurse. Oh yeah, I mean it, it. It's crazy some of the stuff you see. I mean, even uh, even if you look at just my my family alone, my grandmother and like her, you know, her parents and everything. I mean, my grandmother's in her nineties, and yes, her family, most of like her cousins, everything have lived well into their hundreds. So I mean, it's. It's you know it yeah it is half does have to do with your genes it has to do with a lot of stuff it has to do with what we eat what we put in ourselves I am a shining yeah. example of what not to do what not to eat being an asthmatic <laughs> and, and, and eating bad food <laughs> yeah Neil deGrasse Tyson does mention these factors into it and and what you'd have to do and you know genetic lottery too I mean yeah. some people just get sick and there's nothing really you can do about it 
but last summer I was looking at your grandmother's roof and she was up there with me at nine years old. <laughs> so <laughs> she has a chair up on her roof. This lady, I, I yeah, I told her to get down and she snapped at me and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, just 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 uh, so you guys know how badass this. You know, my grandmother's a Viking. Like that's just through and through. Fredrickson is her maiden name, and she, I mean, that the Fredrickson Vikings, they were a bunch of badasses. Well, she still that. Years ago, she told me, I told her, I go, you shouldn't go up on this roof. She looks at me and tells me, she goes, it's okay. If I fall off, eventually I'll start to smell and you'll find me. <laughs> uh, that's something your grandma would say. Yeah. Uh, as long as she's not drinking beer up there, that's all I care about. <laughs> My son, my oldest son, works in a retirement home. He said to her, to your grandmother, uh, you'll probably see you there one day. And she goes, over my dead body. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Nathan, shush. <laughs> son, be quiet. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, you got the genes. You got all that stuff to go into play. But the thing is, is that technology is advancing. I mean, there's people that are able to do... I mean, lasers are a huge thing. And they show lasers in here as a way to heal tissue. What And, yep. and the thing is, is if you think about it, our skin, it's the largest organ we have on our body. And it is a direct response to UV rays. And a laser is UV rays. So the idea of a laser being able to replicate or sear or create skin, if we had the right type of genes in our body, or let's say if we had the right type of uh, uh, type of stem cells in our body in the given area, an injection, okay? You could give us an injection of stem cells. Theoretically, if they had the right type of level of... Uh, laser it would create the body to stimulate growth of a new skin that in itself one of the things that about us the ages is our skin ages it loses the collagen and stuff the technology's there folks it's happening it we're, we're i mean the reversal of aging is something that we will start seeing within our lifetime yeah some of the stuff and you guys can go out there and listen to some of his his speeches or his you know his where he goes to different colleges Neil deGrasse Tyson and several other people uh some of the stuff you think is just just out of reach like I spoke about earlier but it's not it's closer and closer and there and people are you know putting a lot of money into these type of things so you put money into it you will find a cure oh yeah now, I wanted to go over basically just letting you know some of the actors and actresses that are in this. Uh, like the the star of the show, if you will, uh, or the main character is Takeshi Kovacs, played by quite a few actors. But the main actor that's the that's the you know guy that receives top bill is Joel Kinnaman. Now, who is fantastic? He, yes. Now you might know him from a few things. Like I mean. Wasn't he in, uh, wasn't he in, I don't know, uh, he was in, Ro I know he was in Robocop, even though a lot of people maybe not have saw the Robocop remake, even though it was really good, he played the traumatic side of that very well, uh, the, the PTSD side extremely, extremely well. Okay. Uh, but I know he was also in House of Cards, wasn't he? Yeah, the last season of House of Cards, he was, uh, incredible in. He was basically the candidate running against Kevin Spacey for the presidency. 
and he had the lead uh the lead vote until until Kevin Spacey pulled Kevin Spacey moves in House of Cards. But he was great in that show. Uh uh that's when I first kind of got my hooks into him and I was like, Who is this guy? Uh yeah, well he's a beautiful man. Don't he is, he is. No, no, he is. I, I have a man I was crush. Like, Who I have is a man this crush. guy? Because he's what is he, six foot four, six foot five? Something he's like a, that. He's ridiculously tall. Like yeah, he, he's a giant man. He's in great shape. Uh and, but uh his acting in that in House of Cards was just is incredible. I was like, Who is this guy? I have never seen him before. And when they when they announced how uh Alter Carbon he was gonna be the lead role in this, I was like, Great, perfect. Let me see him in something sci-fi. Let me see him in something a little bit outside of a, just a dramatic uh, role. And uh, not saying this is not a little bit dramatic or drama, but uh, Joel Kinnaman just absolutely killed it in all 10 episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was unbelievable in the show. And then the the other thing, some of the other stuff that he's done, like, I mean, he was kind of underplayed in uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, that's correct. He's the military. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I forget about that movie. <laughs> it, it grew on me. Like, yeah, I know it did. Like, it did, but it grew on me because of the soundtrack, which is interesting. That, that soundtrack's actually, great. Yeah, it did not grow on me. <laughs> <laughs> now, someone else that's in this, which has been kind of, it's she's the actress was kind of the the. One of the low, the lows of the uh, series, I think. But even though I, I did feel that she was the weakest link in the series, which is uh, Martha Higuerita, which plays Kristen Ortega. Yeah, so Kristen Ortega is the the cop basically, Mm -hmm. and she's playing the detective side. And trying to figure out what Joel Kinnaman's doing here. And she just kind of falls for me a little bit. But as you said, it does get better by the end. Yeah. She does She does pick it up a little bit. And, but you're right. It is the low for the show. One of the other things is though in this is James Purefoy, no matter what he plays, he owns. You know, yeah, if, he play, yeah. if he plays a villain, he can be the most diabolical villain. If he plays the hero, you know, I've seen him play a knight in in a, in a few films. But, I mean, one in particular, he played like, a, he played a Templar, or Templar. And you just, you felt every bit of just emotion that he that he plays. And that doesn't change uh, in, in Altered Carbon. You, you never quite know what to think of his character because... There's times when you're like, oh, man, I hate this guy. And then he'll turn around and do a 360 and then just make you fall in love with the character. It's like I'm watching Game of Thrones. It's like I can't figure out who I like, who I don't. Yeah, so that's Lawrence Bancroft in the show. And he's the meth that hires Joel Kinnaman. uh, Kind of owns him. Kind of owns him, actually. You're right. He does buy him, basically. He owns him. And you're right. It's at different points throughout the show, you're like, this guy is a giant D-bag. He's a scumbag. And then other parts of it, he's like, well, okay. He's kind of down on the ground level helping you know, the sick. And so it, it's a little bit like I was talking about Godless and, and Jeff Daniels playing the character. He, he plays this God almost role and uh, Alter Carbon. And it it's really well done. He, you're right. James, James Purfoy is just... I, he's 
I think he's a perfect casting for this role. I really enjoyed him a lot in this. And then now another character that's a key a key character in the series that I you know I didn't I don't think I've ever seen him in anything before. Uh, but after seeing him in this, I want to see him in more things. Uh, he played the oh he wasn't really the dipper he was a hacker but not a dipper, but it was uh Otto uh, uh Otto Essendo. He played Vernon Elliott. Yeah, that's a last. That's a hard last name to say. Yeah. <laughs> and Asando. Asando. Yeah, that, actually, I think that is. I think that. I think that's what it is. I just. I killed it. <laughs> but Vernon Elliott basically plays, uh, Doctor Watson to your Sherlock Holmes. That's a good. That is a good. Good. Uh, a, a very good uh, pull on that analogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I, he does. It's not so much as the sidekick role. He kind of comes in and out, but very, very good actor. I haven't seen him in a lot of things. I, I liked him. There was a struggle between him and his family throughout the the series, and you kind of discover that as you go. I don't want to ruin that for anybody who doesn't watch it because it's kind of a key feature um, and story arc throughout the ten episodes that pays off really, really well in the end. But yeah, I I loved him in it. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where his his role. I didn't like him the first two episodes. Um, I was like, I felt for him, but I didn't like him. And then, as I don't the, think they dived into his character enough at that point. Yeah, but once they did, it's like, damn, another sub character I like. I'm like, how do they keep doing? It? Like, it, it's yeah. one of those things they did a really good job on the writing. Most of the cast really captured your heart. Some some didn't so much, but you know, there's one character that I uh, you know, he the actor, Chris Connor, yeah, took this character and this is this is by far every like almost everybody states the same thing. Favorite character. Uh there is things called AI hotels. The hotel itself is an AI system, but you're protected there because you're protected by the AI. The AI is played or, or takes on a thing. Well, the the in this one particular hotel that uh, Takeshi Kovacs decides to stay at, it's called the Raven. Anybody who knows me knows I love crows and I love ravens. And there's various reasons for that, but I'm also a huge, huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe. Which the AI modeled himself after for the Hotel the Raven. He plays Edgar Allan Poe as if Edgar Allan Poe ran a hotel. <laughs> yeah, and he just goes by he just goes by Poe throughout the series, but he steals every scene that he's in. He's unbelievable, Chris Connor, as playing Poe and playing this AI. Uh, just the opening scene with him where he is counting down to Kovacs that if you pay, if you put your handprint on here, you will be protected by the hotel. And I I was like, what does he mean by that? And you f- you find out later, you know, machine guns come out and the hotel, like Damien said, will protect you. If you're if you're a customer, it will protect you to, you know, to all ends. And it, just that scene right there, I was like, this is great. This guy is amazing. And he plays different he plays different roles throughout the show. He plays kind of the sidekick character a little bit for Kovacs. 
he plays uh, 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 almost like a counselor or a therapeutic person for uh, Vernon Elliott and his family at some point. He also has, you know, there's also like an AI group that they all come together and like play it's poker in. Twisted as all hell. Oh my yeah. gosh. I just, they it all terrifies like their me. Own little... <laughs> if that ever I happens, didn't hear you. Well, it terrifies me. If that ever is a thing, God, get yeah, them so away the, from me. <laughs> the AIs actually go into this room and Poe runs the Raven Hotel, but these other AIs run different, you know, different uh, operations, hotels or, or whatnot. And they all get together and play poker together. Which is really, really weird, man. It was, but it was really well. It was really cool. It was well done. Uh, it was quick. It didn't really linger on it too long. Um, but yeah, Chris Connor as Poe, uh, the best thing in Altered Carbon. Uh, sorry, Joel Kinnaman. He kind of beat you out there for me. <laughs> uh, honestly, I mean, it's. I mean, it was uncanny. The and then the thing is, is like throughout it, he quotes different poems by Poe, which yeah, are... there's some, e- there's some Easter eggs in there from, uh, Edgar Allan Poe albums, you know, or poems oh. like Annabelle Lee. Yeah. Uh, the, the, pin, and he the says, pendulum. yeah. And, oh yeah. And he says there was no rats feasting on corpses, uh, fall of the house of Usher. So um, there's a lot of different Easter eggs they drop in there, which is really cool. I mean, could you imagine, I mean, did you imagine that this was going to happen when you watch this show that, What's gonna steal you is this AI play, you know, playing Edgar Allan Poe. It, it's crazy, no, man. No, no, I never yeah. would have thought. Like when I first saw it, I thought I saw the Raven. I saw this the, the commercial that they did, like as Joel Kinnaman's walk, or excuse me, as Takeshi Kovacs is walking through and he sees like an ad for the hotel. I'm like, oh, I get what they did there. And then when that became a central part of the series, I was like, oh no, like because if like the, even the, the whole hotel. If you uh, another another part of this is is the uh, the suite that uh, Takeshi Kovac stays in is designed after the uh, after the chambers that the poem The Raven takes place in. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Every, everything every, everything from the furniture, everything is exactly what was from the poem. And so it's just just the little details that this that they put into this. And those little details and then the visual fidelity and everything else really come into play to let you know that Netflix spent top dollar on this. Somewhere close to the number of seven million an episode. That's what they said, yeah. yeah. So that's roughly estimate per episode, about seven million per episode. Crazy. Now this, this, this show really takes a, a it takes a leg from Blade Runner. Oh yeah, and you can see the Ridley Scott, you know, really, really f- fingerprints all over the series. You, you have the trench coats. You have the never stop. You know, it never stops raining. Um, <laughs> a lot like Blade Runner. Um, then you have him as a. Uh, Kenanem, he's actually trying to solve a crime, and he's what he's solving is he's solving the crime of Bancroft's death. Bancroft actually hired him to solve his own death. Um, so that's basically what starts off the series. So you get a little Sherlock Holmesy effect there, but you also get the Blade Runner effect of just Workman's Mike style of going through and trying to solve this crime. Um, it, it, it's Ridley Scott's fingerprints are all over this episode, all, all the series. 
you know, same with the the Wojcicki brothers or sisters. Um, that's uh, the 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 choreography, the fighting style in it. So anybody that loves, you know, different sci-fi movies or sci-fi movies that you grew up with, Alter Carbon kind of like just dips its toe in a little bit in each little, you know, and then just splashes it on the screen and and, and Blade Runner, or I'm sorry, Blade Runner and Alter Carbon. I mean, it, it's hard to, to tell. I mean, the honestly, both environments could have taken place in the same thing, in, in the same world. It's that yeah. much of like kind of trans, you know, there's this, transcendence between them that if you feel like you're you could go from watching Alter Carbon to Blade Runner or Blade Runner to Alter Carbon and the thing is is not only could you watch the new Blade Runner you could watch the original and still feel that same connection between them that's absolutely that's just how great of a world that this has been that was created uh you'll see often when you're watching this though uh, about the the series because of the sleeves and the different bodies it does bounce back. There are three, or there are actually technically four different actors that play Kovacs. Um, there's what's known as the OG Kovacs, which is I person, love that, which is who yeah. you're who was played by Byron Mann, who you first are introduced to Kovacs as. But then the uh, what's called the birth sleeve, and that's his, and that's his birth sleeve though. No, 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 because it gets it back, doesn't it? Birth sleeve. Is played by Will Yun Lee, which is known as Stronghold Kovacs, because okay. that's you see mostly him at a stronghold. That is why he's got that that name. And then of course there's the one who plays the kid, who plays him the as, child, as a yeah. child and whatnot. So then, what this show does really well, and as we bring up that he has four different sleeves, is that it really draws out that character, and it, it draws it out very slowly throughout the series. But you can really tell and feel where uh, Takeshi Kovacs is coming from. From episode one, they show the backstory of why, of where he's at, and what he's waking up to. Because he's basically waking up 250 years after he was killed. Uh, Stack wasn't killed; not a real death. Just his his sleeve was killed, and so you can see his 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 hatred or his pain or his fear or all the all the emotions that you can basically get on the spectrum. And you can see it as the series goes on, and they give you a little bit of a backstory of of why he's feeling like that, you know, in this episode, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, no, it was the, to be able to pinpoint anything, just one thing about this series that you that pulls you in. It, you you can't. There's too many things. The Elliot family, tra- you know, the trauma, everything that they go through. And yeah. then, and then, because so this is something else you got to think about when you have a series that you can be spun up into different sleeves. This doesn't mean that your character could be played by many different actors or actresses. You could be a female that's brought into a male body. Yep, and which happens. That yeah, that happens. Uh, Cliff <laughs> Chamberlain plays Ava Elliot for and yeah, she, and such a good job as playing uh, a female. You know, in a male body, he needs uh, an award. Like he needs, he needs an award for it because I, like, if this was a film, he would get an. I feel he would get an Oscar for his portrayal, or at least an Oscar nod, because he did such a good job. It was such a strong showing of the of his acting ability that it's just like again mind blown. And even for watching it on the screen, it was awkward. Yeah. Because the the first the first showing with with Elliot and his his 
his wife now, and she's then spun up into a male body. It, it's it's a little bit awkward even on screen, you know, and it's awkward. It it, it takes but a minute. But it's meant to be. Yeah, you're supposed yeah, to. Of yeah, of course, you yeah. Feel it. And, and, you feel and it takes awkward. a minute for it to breathe and, and for them to get used to it and for them to actually come together and, and you know, be a big part of the ending of this series. Um, it, it's really well done on uh, the actor side of things. There's another actor, too, that plays a woman, a grandmother, Ortega's grandmother. And he actually goes to a family function, and that was really funny too. You know. Oh yeah. I I I, I like I like the part where they add different sleeves or you know different stacks in the different sleeves, and they give them different personalities. Uh, he was doing a really good job too. Uh, he played and he played multiple characters in it because he kept getting this actor like he kept on getting spun up. <laughs> yeah, he kept getting spun up as different characters, and he was able to change not his his body language, his accent. He was able to change it all to the point that you believe, like, there's no, there's no CG. There's nothing that they can do computerized to make you believe that this is happening. But you believe it's happening because of this actor's ability to, to make you feel that it's happening. And for that, again, this is another just, this is why you, people need to experience the show. They need to experience the show because... There's not really anything else out there like this that's going to have you have so many moments of what the F or, oh my gosh, did that really just happen? Wait, I got to I gotta see that again. Oh, wow. That is really okay. You know, it's just, you, you can't, you, it's it, nothing can like, I don't replicate. know. Yeah, you can't replicate it. It's just, you have to see it. So this show will take you into a lot of dark corners. Y- yes. And it will it will show you the scum of of the earth, and it will show you the the light of the earth at the same time. And there's a lot of different things that happens in the show that shows a lot of nudity, uh, a lot of killing of of street workers for either for money or for fun. Um, so it, the show does get really dirty and grimy, and that's where the mess kind of come in play because of of their wealth. And how long they've lived, they're kind of bored at a certain point, and so they keep trying different things to get that adultly rush that you get from you know skydiving or you know bungee jumping. Uh, they've done it, been there, and so now they've moved on to this. Basically, you can go places and 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 hire people to do whatever you want to, and kill them, you know, whatever, kill their sleeves, not real death. Yeah, again. So the uh, the mess though in this series, they basically run everything, and what I mean by that is the police force really can't even touch them. At some point, you can't really tell if the police force can actually arrest them, if they can actually put you know actually like charge a crime to them. It just seems like the mess are too powerful at a certain point. Uh, they can't die. The uh, Bancroft's, you know, consciousness gets gets it gets uh, backed up every forty eight hours to his own satellite. Yeah, so which it, he shows. So that means which that, he shows Kovacs, you know. Yeah, because, <laughs> I love that part. Yeah, because it's like he can suffer a true death, and it's just gonna erase like X amount of yeah, hours. So he he has clones, and so does his wife, and they can be real deaths, and they can still come back. Uh, that's that's kind of the 
the political side of things in the show that really there's a lot of political different things that show up in the show and a lot of it is 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 the wealthy and the poor and what the wealthy can afford and what the poor can afford like we mentioned earlier if your stack is still is still in use but your sleeve gets killed the government will actually sell your sleeve for the highest dollar and they'll just give you whatever sleeve little girls are being spun up into bodies of 40 year old men so it's really powerful. The mess are really powerful in this series, and their power seems on you know seems just it reaches from one end to the other of this universe. Especially Bancroft, um, who was highlighted as you know there's several mess, but he is the highlighted of this because he hires Joel Kennedy to or pays for basically buys Joel Kennedy to uh, basically you know figure out his death. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where it just it made it it reminds you also because I mean it kind of plays into the fact that wealth and power is the root to all evil. Something that they play off, you know, when you read about anytime you look into history, you look into stuff. I mean, you think about the Romans and the you know how they had the gladiator arenas, and you think about things like Spartacus, you know, fighting back against all that stuff, and then. It's kind of the way that the shows is, is that it shows that history repeats itself as in when you give the ability for people just to continue to live, at some point, someone's going to find a way to capitalize on that. And it's not going to be something that's, oh, yeah, it's this great gift for humanity. It'll be a great gift for a few. Yeah, and the few are the rich and powerful. And what we mean by few is when the opening scene, when Kovacs is actually flying up through the clouds, how many towers did you see up there? A dozen, maybe? So it seemed like the meths were, in what we saw, uh, small in numbers almost. But their money, you know, you can buy anything with the money. Oh, yeah. So there is there are some other ties in for this show. Uh they tie in from old Hollywood noir episodes or movies. Each episode's kind of named off of uh, all ten episodes are kind of named off classic noir films like *Rage in Heaven*, um, *Man with with My Face*, and then some other titles are just because the plot of the film mirrors what happens on the show, like you know *Blade Runner*. Yeah. So they uh, they they add that into there. We talked about how. The Scott Literary ties, the Matrix ties, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Bioshock Infinite, kind of the video game ties there, which would be really cool to have an altered carbon video game for all the stuff that you could do in that game. Uh, we talked about a little bit of the religious side of things, how the mess are kind of put up as these all beans, and then you have the ground people, and actually you have a different type of ground people that are sick, they're they're basically poisoned and they're secluded to a certain area of the city where the armed guards are around and, and you can't go in there. Um, otherwise, if you touch them, you'll be you'll be sick too and you'll get you know you'll get poisoned. Um, we talked about the tech side of things. There's medical tech that's very impressive in the series where you know gunshot wounds can be healed. Um, just you know, in any place, almost it's almost like a briefcase, Damien. That they yeah they have they that, were able uh, to open it up, and it was that was their med kit. You know, it was like a med yeah. It was like it was like Call of Duty style med kit, like heal you here. You know what I mean? It was just it was just kind of uh, or or uh, PUBG. I was just gonna kit. say I've seen this med kit in PUBG. <laughs> yeah, PUBG. It's like a briefcase kind of thing. Uh, 
One one actor we didn't mention yet is is Kovac's sister, and she's played, and that's Ray, Raylene Kawari, uh, and she's played by uh, Dechine. I, I cannot pronounce her name, man. I've tried. I, I, I can't times. either. Lachman. You you you'll you recognize her from the Dollhouse mm-hmm. uh, series. Um, she's a big big part of this at the end of the series. Um, she's actually a meth. By the time the end of the series, you figure that out. She's all rich and powerful. Uh, in the 250 years that Kovac's been down, you know, comatose, she's been working and building up something for them, for their life. Yeah, and I mean, it's... The thing is, is there's not a character in this series that, by the end, even if it's a weak character, by the end, you can see their motives. And you understand it. And that's something that's, you know, it's one thing to have a few storylines that you're able to understand and you're able to say, hey, I can, I can see from that point of view or I can see from this point of view. But for you to see from multiple characters' point of views and being able to understand what drives them, that's actually a really, that's a really profound feat to accomplish. And they do that in this series. And it's, it's something that, man... This is a book series, and this is just based off of the first book. I want season two, and I want season three. I want to see the new books, because the new books go to other planets. And this is such a deep... You don't... What's great about this is because of the idea of sheaths, or, or sleeves, excuse me, sleeves, is that as long as you cast someone who can act... You can go through everything and then just keep creating and do this the true detective style. Yeah, because Joel Kinnaman doesn't have to play uh, Kovacs in the next series. Nope. It could be somebody else. It could be the OG Kovacs. Uh, you know, it could be – that's what's great about this, that different actors can pop in or we can get some, some you know, maybe some name actors after the show blows up a little bit and we can see them playing just different roles or, you know, just a weird – you know, Colin Farrell hop in, you know, playing some dirt, you know, street bag, you know, or something like that. Will, Will Smith will be the next Kovacs. <laughs> One thing I want to mention is that before I know we're getting long here, Damien, but uh, we mentioned Christina Ortega and she's basically kind of the love interest. She's the cop that's helping him. She's the cop that's against them. The story arc goes a lot of different directions and, and they do give it time to breathe. I didn't care for her as much. Uh, I thought it was not really well done with her. I thought the the whole police the whole police itself wasn't really well done. They actually didn't bring them. It, it was actually hard to understand where their power sat and where it didn't sit. Yeah. Um, I did like Ortega when it came to the family side of things yes. with her mother and her that, brother. That was the believable and, and the side. Kid. Yeah, that was a believable side where they had the 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 party for the Day of the Dead. Um, I really like that side of, of, of Ortega. And as the series gets on, you can actually in the series get upgrades for your sleeve. If your sleeve gets damaged, we talked about that earlier, Ortega gets a, a cool upgrade. And I actually thought that gave her a different dimension because now she wasn't the dismal and distress type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's so, actually when she she went, she took a turn for me for the better. Correct. Well. Yeah. Because I felt like she was... I felt like she could stand her own ground now. Yeah. Because we have some people in this series that are just unbelievable martial artists <laughs> that, you know, uh, will kick your ass. 
And there's no way in heck she would have been able to stand up to any of them at the end of those episodes if she didn't have the upgrade. Yeah. And I love that Kovacs is just spending Bancroft's money throughout the whole series. Oh, I know. That was... <laughs> How funny was that? Every time he just put his fingerprint down, it's like, and they're like, oh, plantum grade. Okay. <laughs> you have anything you want, sir? <laughs> Pretty much. You know, it, you know, yeah. That was that was great. Uh, overall, with this series, what would you rank it for yourself? Now, I think when we did the show two weeks ago, I think I gave it a 7 out of 10 at the end of the episode. After... After a little bit of looking into it and seeing what they actually did and what they actually tapped into and different genres of sci-fi movies and video games, I, I'm I'm going to have to give it a solid 8 out of 10 for me. Okay. And, you know, I, I'm still, you know, there, there's still things that they could have gotten a little bit better for me. I'm I'm sticking with mine, which mine was an 8 out of 10 as well. And I, I you know, I look forward to a new season. Dazzle me. Yeah, Die, wine, and on, wine and dine me. Give me a ten out of ten, please. And on IMDb, <laughs> it's getting an eight eight point four out of ten. Yeah, so that's pretty in line with us. But I did look over at uh, um, Rotten Tomatoes, which I like to do, and sixty one percent from from uh, reviewers, but ninety one percent from audience. So you know, people have seen so many good reviews about it. I'm surprised this number hasn't jumped up. It's actually sixty four percent, not sixty one, but. But basically gives you a 6.5 yeah, yeah. out of 10, you know, which is not bad. But every review I see, people pick out different things that they really loved about the series. So if you don't love their overall story arc, there's different things like you love Edgar Allan Poe, you know, and I, I love the uh, technology and the medical side of things. Oh, yeah, the, the technology and medical side of things just is insane. But it's it's, it's insane. But so it, there's always there's something for anybody to kind of grab onto. Exactly. So with with that, you know. Basically, if you don't have Netflix, guess what, guys? You can get it for you can get like a thirty day trial, pretty much anywhere. Get a thirty day trial. Oh yeah, yeah, all over the place. And go watch it. Go watch it. I mean, you. I mean, it's it's, but basically ten hours. It's like nine hours and forty seven minutes or forty nine minutes. I think I'm trying to remember because, I, like I said, I watched it in thirty six hours. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> but get it if you get an opportunity, or you. You know, just make an opportunity and watch this series. If you like anything on HBO, if you like the more adult content of Netflix or stars or any of that stuff, give it a shot. Give it and this, give it a few it, episodes in. Give it at least three, four episodes in. And yeah, this feels right hooked. up right up with me with Game of Thrones or mm-hmm. Westworld. Uh it, it's not as good as those two shows for me. Um, I did give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, Westworld probably would have been, you know, 9 out of 10. Game of Thrones last season is probably like a 10 out of 10 for me. I love this so that, much. That, that's yeah, pretty much my scores on those as well. Yeah, but it's right up there with the HBO series that we love. Yeah. You know, any of the great series. This this series, uh, and I'm a little surprised because we talked about it, what, mid-January? We talked about the CES and mm-hmm. the marketing campaign. Oh, yeah. It kind of dropped off a little bit, and I'm surprised by that. I think they should market it a little bit better. Yeah, that I agree with. Agree that the marketing should have been done. It should have been still, you know, pushed. Or at least do the same marketing kind of stuff that you did for Bright. I mean, Bright, Bright was interesting. Bright was yeah, nothing. They got a lot of marketing. Was nothing, yeah. but afterwards, afterwards they just pushed it and pushed it so much so that we got a sequel being made and a sequel series being made to explore that world, which I'm maybe just because of Will Smith. 
Maybe because you have a, a face for it. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm serious. Maybe they marketed a little bit better because of Will Smith. And, maybe, and maybe. We have Joel Kinnaman. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's a Netflix original content. Put Joel Kinnaman in the next Bright film. Make him an elf. Make him, make him the enemy. I, make him, make him the whole one of the, make him a centaur. There are centaurs, and oh my god, job. he would look he would so look, good as a centaur. He would look like he looks already looks like he's tall enough. He, they would just have to CGI out. Oh the my horse god, hey, he would look so good as a centaur. Ma- man. Maybe maybe he was the centaur. You don't tend to see his face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with that, we're gonna close out of here. Nick, where can we locate you? First, I just want to say next week two trailers. I just want to ask all the listeners to watch this. Uh, Alita looks amazing. Uh, with Christoph Waltz. Um, it's done by Robert Rodriguez. Check out that trailer. And another one is called Mortal Engines. Both these trailers look beautiful. And they're just a, an out-of-this-world movie. Uh, Mortal Engines looks like something I've never seen before. So I'm really, really... Uh, worlds, like ex- worlds, it's cities that travel. On tra- that travel around, and it looks yeah, just it, crazy. It looks, I was gonna say it looks like a steampunk meets Hot Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good that's a good one. I like that. Uh, Alita too. I'm such a big Christoph Waltz fan that uh, Alita yeah. Battle Angel. Be, uh, exactly, Alita Battle Angel. I forgot to write out the whole title, but Christoph Waltz and everything he's done, uh, I've extremely enjoyed him. And I love so, Robert Rodriguez stuff. So that's that's what I was shocked about that it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. So everybody watch those trailers. We'll talk about them next week. Mm-hmm. That way, you guys are informed. Yep. And uh, so, with that, where can we locate you? At Nick and PDX on Twitter. Ah, so you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash. The website is going to be getting revamped. So right now, if you're trying to look for us, look for us on our on uh, NinjaPancake.com, where you can find a whole slew of other awesome podcasts and content. And uh, also, you know. We're getting our Twitch stuff going. March is coming. Mid-March, we said mid-March would be the launch of Season 2.0 for this. Uh, I'm getting things ready for being able to do live stuff. I was going to test. Next week, I'm going to try to target to do a test run via uh, via our uh, my. Uh, I'll probably do a test run on my uh, Twitch channel. And then get us ready to start doing stuff on the actual Geekologist Twitch channel. Uh, so... Right now, after I get off this thing, I'm going to go get a drink, and then I'm going to try to start streaming some Sea of Thieves. <laughs> PUBG. <laughs> oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, everybody. Oh, also, just in case you uh, you followed us on SoundCloud and you're wondering where we're at, SoundCloud has had some issues in the past where we weren't sure if we were they were going to stay around. So we actually fully have transferred from SoundCloud. We are now on Podbean. So if you find us on Podbean, it should be updating on all, you know, through the, through the streams on everything. We will do a double. I will go through and check to make sure that we are showing up on everywhere that you want us. You know, Google Play, iTunes, iTunes Google Play, all that jazz. We want to be there. We want to be there for you guys. And guys. We are getting close to 2.0 launch, and when that happens, it's going to be a lot of fun. Check out the Facebook page, too. Yep. I know you posted something the other day that was pretty funny, but uh, and that was uh, the new new Lost in Space trailer for Netflix. 
Uh, which I, we can dive into. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. We're, I was waiting until yeah. next week to talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's so okay. many good it's things okay. right now. There, there is so much good things. For a binge watcher, there is a ton out there. Guys, I didn't bring up Magicians because I'm pulling it off kind of a little bit. I'm going to talk about it. I want to talk about like the first half of the season. So I figured, okay. I figured next week I'll bring that up. Sounds good. All right. See y'all later.